everything is pretty much quiet on the Mariners' front at the winter meetings, though we have a general idea of where Jerry DePoto and crew might strike next. We'll discuss their stated focus and look at a few potential trade partners for Seattle here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, December 6, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we'll look at a few under-the-radar trade partners for the Mariners as well as some corner infield and corner outfield candidates since that's what Jerry DePoto has said is the team's focus right now. Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times has also offered his two cents on what Brian Reynolds might cost and what the Mariners would be willing to part with in a potential deal for Reynolds. So we'll talk about that a little later on. We also had a, another report from a Pirates writer uh, with regards to the Mariners and Brian Reynolds that we'll uh, maybe also talk about a little bit. Pretty much just goes in line with what Divish said today on 710 Seattle Sports. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, but before we uh, kick things off here with our under-the-radar trade partners for the Mariners... Uh, thank you guys so much for really coming through. Yesterday, we put out a challenge to you guys. We have one last goal that we're trying to meet before our multi-tiered baseball card giveaway ends on Thursday. That is uh, 3,000 followers on Twitter. And once we get there, uh, Colby will be giving away his uh, Jared Kelnick signed card. And uh, we were 117 followers away as of yesterday when we put out yesterday's episode and asked you guys to start following. And now I think we're about 10 away, something like that. So we're really close. Thank you guys so much. And yes, this uh, smug SOB is uh, going to be giving away his uh, Kelnick card, his Raleigh card, his Trimmel card, and his dollar card to you guys and we're going to be announcing those winners on thursday i do it for you guys you're welcome mm-hmm. and i do nothing of course no actually no, i do because ty hates you i do have plans i do have plans for some giveaways i got some stuff i got some stuff that's going to be uh coming your guys' way Probably in a couple months. Like, don't want to do it right after we just did this giveaway, right? Like, no, no, we don't, we don't want to spoil, spoil, spoil you guys. We don't want to spoil you guys too much, you know, right? I mean, it is the holidays, though. It is the holidays. Maybe there's a little Christmas thing we could do. Who knows? Who knows? Let us know in uh, the comments below if you want us to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I will do. I will provide this time. You've done enough, Colby. You saint. First time right? for pat, everything. Pat, your, pat yourself on the back. Just not too hard. Don't want to tear you UCL. Don't want Tommy John. Let's get into these under the radar trade partners for the Mariners. This is something that we wanted to do. Uh, you DM me last night uh, about doing this. So I'll start with you here. Uh, you know, we know about the Rays and the Padres, and we know that the Mariners are probably interested in Brian Reynolds. So the Pirates, the Rays, the Padres, et cetera, like we know like those teams, like the Mariners are either directly interested in a player that one of those teams have or they have consistently traded with one of those teams so none of those teams those teams are off the board here who's someone that the Mariners typically don't trade with that you think actually lines up pretty well with them in a deal this winter the Tampa Bay Rays 
Um, I just said the Rays are off the board, Colby. I don't listen to you. Um, I just wait for you to stop talking so then I can talk. Or you'll just mute me. Uh, Yeah. Which you have power to do. Not not when we're recording. Unfortunately. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to record again. You don't want to derail the show. No. There's a certain bit of trust that comes out of laziness, really. Um, So, yeah, you know, uh, one of the – there was a couple of interesting – uh, names that kind of got floated like that, uh, you know, we never really talked about for the Mariners and it just kind of got us thinking about, you know, there's a lot of teams that we just kind of ignored. Um, and, you know, uh, the two names that got mentioned last night that are actually kind of interesting. There's Bobby Dahlback, who is apparently very much available in trade talks with the Red Sox, a team we have not covered much. And then uh, Liam Hendricks uh, is apparently getting asked about. Um obviously the all-star closer for the White Sox. And so those are two teams that we hadn't really talked about. Both are interesting names uh, for the Mariners to consider. Both come with pretty considerable warts um, that uh, make them not ideal fits. But yeah, you know, we we haven't really talked about the White Sox. We haven't talked about the Red Sox. Haven't really talked about the Yankees. Um, There are a few teams. Uh, Oakland, interestingly enough, uh, we, we really haven't spent a lot of time talking about Oakland. Uh, so yeah, there, there are quite a few teams that we've kind of more or less ignored either because of positional need or trade fit or, mm-hmm. um, things like that. But we, we know more than we did, you know, two weeks ago. So there are probably some more teams we should be talking about. So the White Sox are really interesting. Hendricks is still making quite a bit of money. And that's mm-hmm. really the interesting part is if the Mariners, for instance, were willing to take on Hendricks's remaining, uh, contract, what else could they get along with him? Could they also take on the money of Lance Lynn, who's pretty good when he's healthy, pretty dang good, would round mm-hmm. off that that rotation very nicely. Lucas Giolito, who's coming off of a really bad year, but is, uh, you know, he he's had like Cy Young caliber stuff at times and is basically an all-star level pitcher for the most part, aside from last year. Uh, he's got one year left, so maybe take a, a swing on him. Um, is there anyone else from the White Sox? I mean, Kendall Graveman, potentially yeah. a reunion with Kendall Graveman would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyone else that, that stands out to you from Chicago? Tim Anderson. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, I'd be great. I'd go, I'd go nuts for Tim. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, you know, I think when you're looking at the, uh, the White Sox, you're really looking at pitching. Um, that's kind of what Seattle needs. I, I don't know if they, again, I don't know if they match up great. And I don't think you're going to get Liam Hendricks as just like a, a salary dump, right? Like they're not just going to be like, oh, well, we just want the contract off our books. Uh, the interesting thing about Hendricks is that the last year of his deal becomes fully guaranteed if he's traded. Uh, it's it's a pretty similar clause to what the Mariners had to deal with with Kyle Seeger. Um, so, you know, is is Hendricks worth $29 million over the next two years? I, I would say that most relievers aren't, even the really, really good ones like Hendricks. So that. It, it's you're gonna have to give up something of value and take on that salary. So um, it's tough to say uh, there. Uh, Aaron Bummer, uh, great name, especially for a relief pitcher. Um, he's kind of interesting. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez is a guy that I've liked for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he's interesting. Ronaldo Lopez. Yep. Yeah. So there there are quite a few guys that that make some some sense uh, for the Mariners. And like you mentioned, Lance Lynn, Giolito, those those two guys. Um, Giolito is definitely a, a bigger risk, I would say, but the upside mm-hmm. is still significant. So, 
Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of what you're looking at there. I, I really don't think you're going to get position uh, players out of the White Sox because they're all, I mean, for the most part, they're all pretty bad athletes, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're not interested in Yasmani Grandal. Andrew Vaughn doesn't really make any sense for this roster. Um, you know, Yohan Mankata maybe would be interesting. Uh, he has his own issues, but, um, you know, he he's probably a, a really good third base, or he is a good third baseman. Maybe could play second base if you need him to. You know, he's kind of a not really a utility guy, but that's kind of how you'd have to roll with him. So I think for the White Sox. someone that can play third base and maybe first base, Mm -hmm. Moncada is a little little bit interesting. He's got, what, one year left on his deal? I I think it's two, but Mm. yeah, either way. Um, It's been a a rough couple years for Moncada. He never really quite hit the heights um, that most people thought he could as a prospect. Still a good player. But uh, yeah, I I just, I really think you're probably looking at uh, Giolito, Bummer, Lopez, Graveman. I think you're looking at pitching if you're going to make a deal with the White Sox. Right. A couple other teams. You mentioned one of them, the A's. Um, maybe mm-hmm. some like someone like Tony Kemp would make sense. Maybe not as much now because they still because I mean they right. have Wong, they have more, they have Haggerty, so they're pretty short up for the most part on that front. Seth Brown, maybe, even though they're looking for a right-handed hitting outfielder. Uh, Brown is a lefty. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't get on base much, but he hits for power, uh, and he's a pretty decent uh, defender as well. So maybe that's an option. A.J. Puck, uh, he's going to be a little expensive. <laughs> uh, but and my, Probably not a clubhouse fit either with, with prob- Puck. Uh, probably not. He's, yeah. he's rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, yeah. Ramon Laureano is, is kind of right-handed yeah. outfielder, can play all three sure. spots. Uh, you know, obviously the PED suspension is something that you have to to worry about, and he wasn't and very good last like year. cheaters on the team, Colby. <laughs> yeah. Tell me that when you haven't been advocating for Carlos Correa to be signed <laughs> by the Mariners all winter. Um, because you know what? What Correa did actually helped him more than what Laureano did, so uh, mm. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I, I don't. Loriano, I don't. I think that's like a, a backup plan. Uh, if you miss out on Pollock and Myers, I, I would just rather go sign those guys and trade for Loriano. But there, there's a fit there. Um, yeah, but Oakland, you know, they've already started their rebuild. I do wonder if maybe they'd be open to trading someone like James Caprillion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of an interesting young arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super young, but like, could you do like Caprillion for? Tramel and and Dollar, I, I don't know, maybe. Um, I don't even know if that's a good trade for the Mariners, but you get the idea. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of leftover bullpen arms, like it. Not Sean Murphy. Let's just be clear about that. You're not getting Sean Murphy. No, There's no reason to. You don't need to. You don't no. need Sean Murphy. You have Sean Murphy at home. No. His name Why is would you? And he's better. <laughs> so <laughs> and younger and cheaper and, and younger and cheaper. Yeah. So well, um, I think he's younger. I think so. Anyways. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cardinals are another team that I think yeah. lines up fairly well with the Mariners. Um, Chris Stratton, obligatory Chris Stratton <laughs> mention on here. I have to do it. Have to love Chris Stratton. Oh yeah, you elite have to. spin rates. Elite spin rates. Just get this guy, please, please. Just get this guy in your bullpen. I've been advocating for Chris Stratton for the last three years, uh, and he did get traded at the deadline. Just not to the Mariners. Very sad about that. Uh, Tyler O'Neill. That's the other guy that I'm 
looking at here. I know Mike Salk mentioned him. You you told me that uh, what was it yesterday on uh, seven ten. Uh, I like the O'Neill idea. We talked about him, or well, I talked about him at least on uh, our Patreon show a few weeks ago. Uh, really good defender. 2021 is a bit of an outlier for him, though, uh, in terms of offensive production. He was like a 5-1 player uh, in 2021. Kind of fell off this year. I think he got hurt. Not sure if I'm, I'm correct on that or not. Um, but he uh, his offensive numbers did take a little bit of a hit. But he can hit for power and play really good defense in a corner spot. And he's he's righty, yeah. right? So, And we're going to be talking more about right-handed corner outfielders because that's apparently what the Mariners are looking at right now as well as corner infielders and then we're going to talk about Ryan Divish's comments on the Brian Reynolds market in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting uh, info stats news and analysis get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So, Jerry Depoto met with the media yesterday. So did Scott Service as well. Uh, and it looks like the Mariners' focus at the moment is corner outfield, as we knew, but more specifically, right-handed hitting corner outfielders. So that's specific and a little weird because this team is very right-handed at the moment um they're also looking at someone that can play the corner infield spots and there's a possibility they can get someone that can play the corner outfield spots and the corner infield spots and that's just one player brian anderson is a guy that Mm -hmm. can potentially do that and he's been linked to the mariners over the last couple days former marlin who was non-tendered recently they apparently had interest in him i think a year ago was a report uh, but he was just too expensive for them uh, for their tastes uh, at the time uh, to land via trade. Special uh, option. Uh, he's a guy that's been oft injured uh, though, especially as of late. So and he hasn't produced the way you would hope uh, at the plate. Uh, but it's an interesting shot to take if that is the route that they go. Anyone else that stands out here from the right-handed side? I mean, I, I know you have a couple of guys in mind. Actually, let's let's start here. <laughs> Mitch Hanniger. A lot of people are talking about Mitch because I mean right. they basically <clears throat> described Mitch right when they yeah. when they when they said this. But as we know, Mitch has been uh, apparently getting offers that are three plus years, according to Buster Olney, around fifteen million dollars AAV. We've said on the show that's just a little bit much for a guy that doesn't provide the reliability that you would like to have there. So, but if you're able to work something out with Mitch, is that the preferable option for you here? Or is it the other two guys that I think you're going to be mentioning here? Um, well, first of all, we should note um, that if you're a fan of Josh Bell, he is off the market. He has signed a two-year, $33 million contract with the Cleveland Guardians, oh, wow. which is wow, they spent a really money. fun fit. Yeah, that, that's a good fit, too. I, I like that move. Um, see how I didn't care 
that they got him for 17 million a year. I just like the player and the fit. Wow. Shocking. I know. Anyways, um, for me, Mitch Haniger is just no, uh, three years is just too much. It, 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 I, I'm not entrusting Mitch Haniger to stay healthy for the, the length of a three-year contract. Um, not enough to recoup my money. Sounds like 15 million a year. So like you might get three and 50 or something like that. I'm, I'm out. Like I'm totally out. So, um, you know, when you, when you talk about right-handed hitting outfielders, it seems like the plan right now or what the Mariners are kind of rolling, planning on rolling with is a platoon of Kalnick and, and this other hitter. Now things can change. Uh, this doesn't mean that they're out on, uh, Yoshida. It doesn't mean that they're not trying to trade for Brian Reynolds. Um, it just means that, you know, they're, they're building with the roster they have right now, which is what you're supposed to do. So, uh, when you talk about other right-handed hitting outfielders, I really like Will Myers. Um, he can run around. He's got some really good power, hits lefties very well, handles himself against righties. He's going to be about league average against righties. Um, you know, and the bonus with Will Myers is that he actually plays a pretty good first base. And so you can kind of protect yourself from the inevitable Ty France injury um, without having to go and carry a, an actual first base only type of guy on your roster. So I really like Will Myers for that role. AJ Pollock is a guy who continues to crush left-handed pitching um, and just be a really good player overall. Pollock is, is just solid. He's good against righties. He's great against lefties. Um, defense has definitely taken a few steps back. He's 35 years old. He's not an up the middle player anymore, but he's a guy that you could play in left field uh, against lefties. Uh, and if you DH him, you know, against righties or whatever, you're going to be just fine. You're not, you're not, it's not a black hole. Um, it's not a black hole if he's out there, mm-hmm. uh, assuming like Kelnick fails or somebody gets hurt, you'll be fine with AJ Pollock. So I like those two guys quite a bit. Um, the interesting part is, you know, he is Jerry mentioning specifically, it was Jerry or Justin, either way, specifically mentioning that they wouldn't mind somebody who could play the corners as well. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of is, is difficult. There's not a lot of guys out there who can play both the corner infield and the corner outfield. Uh, Brian Anderson is one of them. By uh, God, is that Brent. Patrick Wisdom's music? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, Anderson makes some sense of that. That's what they're looking for. Uh, you know, Will, again, Will Myers can't play first base. I really wouldn't want to see him try to play third, but, mm. well, I mean, he almost fills that role. So I almost wonder if there is like a... I almost wonder if there's like a guy who maybe hasn't played a ton of outfield, but has played a lot of infield that they're, they think they can get to be playable in left field. Mm. Um, and, and maybe that's a guy like, you know, Brandon Drury, who I know you like. So um, I just, it, it's interesting again, the, the right hand maybe or maybe it's uh, somebody we talked about at the beginning of the show or mentioned at the beginning of the show, maybe Bobby Dahlback. You know, the local kid from Seattle is is somebody mm-hmm. who makes some sense against lefties and, and can play third base and first base and actually, you know, has even gotten a little bit of experience at, at second base and shortstop. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe that maybe they're interested in that. But yeah, the the right handed hitting or the, the the corner infield thing was especially interesting. So, um, yeah, um, Brandon Drury makes so much sense for this role. It's he makes so much, so much, so much sense because they can also DH him. He's probably not mm-hmm. a second baseman, but he can play third, and he can, I'm sure he can play first. Uh, I think he's played a little bit of first. Uh, there, I, I think, real fast on Drew. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Uh, I think there are times like against a left-handed pitcher, good left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. you could get away with Drury at second base and Dylan Moore at shortstop yeah. and be fine. Like yeah. it's not he's not great at second base, but you can play him there without killing yourself or mm-hmm. you know a couple of games. Right. It's it's not a huge deal. But so and yeah. I know Anyways. and I know the whole thing about like oh well you know he played a great American ballpark and it does you know such great mm-hmm. things for hitters and all that. Yeah, that I I get that I totally get that. And he did fall off a little bit once he went to San Diego. However, there are legitimate changes that he made to his swing profile that suggests that he is a different player, that he's not the fringe major leaguer that he was before last season. I think he is a legitimate major leaguer at this point. And maybe he's better suited for more of a bench role than, you know, what he was playing in Cincinnati. You know, he's he's probably not a guy that needs to be playing 140, 150 games a year, maybe more so like 120, you know. So and you can DH him. You can play him at third, you know. He can stand at second if you want him to. I'm sure he can handle first just fine. Like he makes so much, so much sense. And he gives you power off of the bench, like legitimate power off of the bench. That'd be really nice to have. The other guy that I'll mention here though, Matt Carpenter. He didn't play a lot last year, but my God, he was incredible in New York when he did play. And mm-hmm. by the way, Colby, he played the corner outfield spots as well last year. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, left-handed hitter, so clearly he's disqualified. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. yes. Um, but no, I'd be I'd be down for Matt Carpenter. He's got an amazing mustache. I wonder if he'd keep it in Seattle. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was definitely yeah, brought I mean, on by him being in New York. But I I suggest right. that he keeps it because it was uh, it was pretty sick. He played forty-seven games last year and had a two seventeen WRC plus. <laughs> two seventeen in forty-seven games. Right now. <laughs> Now again, uh, Yankee Stadium. You know, Yankee Stadium <laughs> is a really good fit for for his swing. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd be I'd be okay with Matt Carpenter. I think what you know people lose track of sometimes is there's this idea that every free agent move has to be like this massive, impactful, like four win player for it to make a difference, and that that's just not true. No, uh, you know what you build on your bench, what you build as part of your platoon, what you build on your rotation. Like those guys, ideally, are still going to get 300 plate appearances. That's a pretty decent chunk. So you you don't want bums uh, on your bench. You want guys who, you know, a can cover you in case of injury, or b can help prevent injuries by playing enough games so that players like J.P. Crawford, who have worn down mm-hmm. at the end of the year, every single year of his career, don't have to play 150 games. Now they can play 130. And Eugenio Suarez doesn't have to play 162 games. Now he can play 140. Yeah, and he can DH you know, some. Who, like, yeah, and Julio doesn't have to, you know, if Julio needs a DH day, fine, whatever. We can we have center field right. cover. We don't have to put Dylan Moore out there and watch his god awful routes in center field. Mm. That's not even a shot at Dylan Moore. That's a shot at the Mariners' roster building for not having a viable backup center field mm. option. But anyways, those bench players, those those boring uh, deals, those one year seven million dollar deals, those matter and they are significant. So when we sit here and talk about Drury and Carpenter and and Myers and Pollock and and you know all these guys and you see and say well that's that's boring that doesn't make them any better mm-hmm. you're objectively wrong yeah the Mariners are a better team with Brandon Drury on their bench than they are with Abraham Toro than they are with Sam Haggerty than they are with you know Donovan Walton Uh-oh. all guys who the, the Swaggerty stands are going to come after you now. <laughs> 
Okay, you watch you watch Sam Haggerty in September and tell me he's a good player. Get out of here with that nonsense. Uh oh. Uh oh. You, you guys, <laughs> you guys want to sit here and pretend that Haggerty is the answer to anything off of two hundred plate appearances? Uh oh. Uh Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. You know what? If if that's you, then don't come complaining to me that oh the Mariners didn't sign Trey Turner. You think Sam Haggerty's a great player? Get out of here with your nonsense. Why would I trust your opinion on anything? All right, we're we're getting Haggerty might have a role, but he should not be guaranteed one. Let's be very clear about that. All right, that. we're we're getting derailed here though. Back on Carpenter. Sure. Well, so so they okay. so Depoto specifically mentioned you know we face a lot of lefties. We want guys who can hit lefties who can match lefties. Um, Matt Carpenter last year, despite being a lefty. 333, 421, 848 against lefties. That was the slash line. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, small sample size, uh, but those are ridiculous numbers. And of course, you know, small majority of that small sample size coming out of Yankee Stadium. Uh, and he was significantly better at home than he was away as well. So do have to account for that. But I think he does still have something left in the tank. I'd be interested in the Mariners kicking the tires on Matt Carpenter and seeing uh, if he uh, if he could fit into this thing. Uh, all right, you know who is a right-handed hitting corner outfielder, and is also a left-handed hitting corner outfielder, Brian Reynolds, Josh Bell. Josh oh Bell. yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see what the Guardians do with him. Is he going to play any outfield for them? Ugh. Godspeed to them. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. Um, or, well, honestly, for the Mariners' sake, because they're probably going to be in a wild card fight with them, uh, at least. Uh, yeah, play him in the outfield some. Do it. Do it, Cleveland. Uh, bet you won't. Bet you won't. We're going to let's let's all collectively bully uh, the Guardians into uh, playing Josh Bell in the outfield for 80 games this season. Anywho, Brian Reynolds talked about him a lot yesterday. I talked about how I think the Mariners should get pretty aggressive with some of the names that they throw around here because of what you know the, their ability to replenish this uh, this farm system in a pretty grand way uh, the next calendar year with Feldman and Celestine and the three you know basically first round picks that they have uh, that they're set to make uh, next summer. Uh, Ryan Dibish got on the radio today, Seventeen Seattle Sports, and uh, I don't I didn't listen to it myself so. Um, I'm just kind of going off of what you told me in the DMs here. So if I get this wrong, you know who to blame, folks. That guy right next to me. Uh, you said Divis point the right way. I, I didn't. I didn't even try pointing. I didn't even try pointing <laughs> this this time because like the mirroring, it, it just throws me off. Uh, so you said this you said so. Divis said on seven ten that Kirby Gilbert Raleigh are one hundred percent untouchable for Reynolds, uh, but the team would absolutely part with Matt Brash. Basically said Brash Hancock forward for Reynolds so what are your thoughts on uh I is that like a package that he was throwing out there or just names that he thinks the Pirates like uh mostly just names okay. uh he mentioned specifically that the Mariners will tr or would be open to trading Matt Brash in this type of package because they believe in their development system and, and their ability to find uh replacement arms uh and then he said you know that uh, essentially you know he's not going to be cheap uh, the Pirates are going to demand, um, you know, top prospects along with Brash, and, and that would include Harry Ford and especially uh, Emerson Hancock. Uh, so I, I don't know if, if Divish knows about the Pirates' like of, you know, or real interest in Hancock. We did get the report last year that the Pirates apparently really love Emerson Hancock. So uh, we'll see about that. And then I, I believe it was Brock uh, 
Brock Heward came in and, and asked about Kelnick and, and Divish said it's a possibility. Um, and so, yeah, it, Divish didn't exactly like, it wasn't like this is their offer. It was more like, here's what they can offer. And here's what I think they would, they would be willing to do. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's pretty significant, but also not all that far off of what we said it would, it would cost. Mm. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not the pirates like Harry Ford and, you know, Hancock really enough to, to do that. Because again, like we talked about yesterday, Seattle can make a competitive offer. That's a competitive offer for, for Brian Reynolds. It's just, seems to be one that can easily be beaten unless the pirates love Emerson Hancock or they love Harry Ford and think that they're, you know, a top 30, 40 prospect in all of baseball, which is possible. Mm. It's possible. So on top of that, there was another report um, and take this with a very, very tiny grain of salt here, but there was a report from um, Cody Duncan, who is a writer for the Pirates website on Fansided, and he's also on uh, Fox Sports. I think it's like 104.1 Fox Sports or something like that in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, and he said, per source, uh, the Seattle Mariners are in on Brian Rill's name is being thrown around. Matt Brash, Derek Kelnick, Harry Ford, and Emerson Hancock. Um, I was just told via DMs by someone that this is just this guy is just regurgitating what Divish is saying and, yep. and that's all it is and this guy basically just he he doesn't have anything um, that's yep. what I was just told by a trusted source so I wouldn't put too much into that but he does work for a radio yep. station in Pittsburgh so maybe he's heard something on the very slight chance but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, that just like, it makes sense, right? That's just kind of a blanket statement. That's, you know, like right. we could say that too, right? We could, we could go on Twitter right. and be like, personally, so yeah, the Mariners are, are in on Brian yeah. Reynolds and yeah, Matt Brash <laughs> could be adventurous, you know, right. of course. Because, because we could piece it together based off of what we know. We know the Mariners love Matt or the Mariners love Brian Reynolds. Yep. We know that the Pirates want starting pitching. We know that in the past, the Pirates have really liked Emerson Hancock. Um, and then we have Divish saying today that like, yeah, they would have to probably include Brash and, and Harry Ford too. And so we could generate the same exact report per sources, which again, I don't want to come out and say this guy's definitely doing that, but I, it, it's so close to what Divish said on his radio hit this morning that, um, it, it's hard to believe that's not what happened, but, uh, you know, it still means that Divish, you know, has come up with, with this idea and, and thinks it's somewhat viable or at least what the Mariners would offer. So there's still value in, in Divish's speculation here because he he has a you know a pretty good idea, certainly better than than a lot of us, about what the Mariners would be willing to offer. Mm -hmm. So um I, I do think the second report is just kind of regurgitated from, you know, just kind of putting puzzle pieces together, yeah. essentially. Um but I, I do think that there's still value in the conversation because again Divish is is speculating that you know, this is what it would take, and and now we know that the Mariners are absolutely willing to move Matt Brash in a in a Brian Reynolds package, um, which we kind of assume they would be willing yeah. to do. But now we know, um, and like I said, at the end of the day, no matter what, this is still going to come down to: do the Pirates really like Her uh, Harry Ford and Emerson Hancock? And if they do, then the Mariners have a shot. If the Mariners or if the Pirates think that like ah, Ford's four years away and he's probably, you know, more of a third baseman than a catcher and Hancock's probably a number four. Like 
yeah, things are are going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get a deal done. But if they think that Hancock is still legit, you know, mid rotation or better starter, and they think Ford can really stick a catcher or play up the middle and is going to hit, and they believe in Jared Kelnick and they think Brash can start, then yeah, then then that package is going to be pretty appealing to them. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I, I don't think anything's. I don't think my odds have have changed based off of where I was yesterday with any of this, but sure. it is uh, it is interesting to say the least. I'm a Matt Barish stan, but I would do that in a heartbeat, right? Like yep. this is all four. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, the the whole like like the like even yep. if that was the entire package, right? Like if it was Brash, Kelnick, Hancock, Ford, hell, throw Taylor Dollar in there as well. I, I would do that. Again, I think you can get very aggressive here. I think you can afford to get very aggressive here if you're the Mariners. You can get aggressive with bulk. Yeah. Right. You can't get aggressive with, with no. the, you can't, the top. You can't start with the prize. You can't, you the can't wave George Kirby, which they're not going to do, according to Davis. No. They're not going to, you know, wave around Logan Gilbert or Kyle Raleigh. No. Like, they're not going to entertain that, nor should they. Right. Because there is a limit. And there is, like, you know, you got to weigh the value of corner outfielder mid-rotation starter or starting catcher you know like those are premium premium positions Mm -hmm. whereas you know let's be real about it the mariners do need to do something in the corner outfield spot but brian they don't need to necessarily get someone like brian reynolds to fill that role either like that is a bit of a luxury for them so you don't want to take away from something uh, from a premium spot that you desperately need for to essentially land a, a, a luxury uh, when you can just, right. you know, I, at that point, like, I would rather just go out and spend the the four years and $60 million on Andrew Benatendi, honestly. Like, I'd rather yeah. just do that. Do, do you think that maybe the Mariners' desire for a corner infielder all of a sudden could be linked to maybe Pittsburgh wants Ty France or somebody like that mm. in the deal? Like... Like, would you do Ty France and Matt Brash for for Brian Reynolds? Just straight up, yeah, because that's six years of Brash, three years of France for for three years of Brian Reynolds. Mm, it hurts. I don't think I would. It hurts so much. I don't think yeah, I would. Because it's like because at that point, would you just rather go sign Ben Attendee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like also because now that creates another that creates another problem for me that takes away a very affordable and productive player mm-hmm. from a spot where I'm probably going to now have to soak some money into to to fill that right. vacancy. I, I I trade it like a number five or number six hitter in a good lineup and a high leverage reliever for a number three hitter. Yeah, like did you really get better? I mean, maybe a Eugenio Suarez, but third base is really tough to fill, and, and Suarez is an older player, so probably not. So. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and Suarez, we'll and Suarez happens, is but. such a good clubhouse fit, and all that stuff. Like, there's more that goes into it, just be mm-hmm. beyond the you know what the player gives you on the field as well. And so, Ty is advocating for trading Ty France and JP Crawford. <laughs> oh, oh, I no and no, Matt no. Brash. I saw a lot of you on Mariners Twitter quickly, quickly giving up on JP Crawford <laughs> as soon as MLB nerds tweeted about Trey Turner. It was like. Oh yeah, I'm done playing with you, JP Crawford. Bye bye, buddy. I yeah. you all, you all, you know who you are. You all owe JP Crawford <laughs> an apology, folks. For shame. For shame. All right. But anything uh, else you want to add before yeah. we hop out of here? Uh we're on the Ty France for Brian Reynolds bandwagon. Straight up. Obviously a deal Pittsburgh would definitely we do. We are not a first baseman he for is. an all-star. He is. 
Let me figure out if I can point the right way. Did Would, I do it? Did I do it the right yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. There we go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I finally figured it Would, out. <laughs> all right. La- last last thing. Would you do Ty France, Emerson Hancock, and Harry Ford for Brian Reynolds? No. No. Look at the ties sticking together. Yeah, exactly. Right now, to be <laughs> Viva to, La France. To be fair, though, again, I'm going to say it. I always say this. Ty France, fake Ty. It's short for Tyler. <laughs> My name, however, I'm just Ty. I'm just Ty. Are you are you seriously ending the show by gatekeeping the name Ty? Yes. That's exactly that, that that's the, that's else. the hill that I choose to die on here. <laughs> okay. That is my brand. So the actual Ty Club must be pretty small. Yeah, it it is. It is. Uh it's it's me and that's about Ty Kelly. Ty Kelly. Or is he Tyler as well? No piece Tyler. <sighs> Yeah. Ty Cobb is Tyrus, so he's out. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just Ty. Must be lonely at the top, Ty. Right. Yeah, that's, that's true. That is true. I can attest to that for sure. Especially uh, oh, in terms of Get in terms of, of this dynamic here on this podcast. That's oh, gonna do it boy. for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Disrespect to the talent is unreal. <laughs> A talent <laughs> for Colby Pat Oat. I'm Tiny Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball all day and we'll see you tomorrow peace